Hello and welcome to Corbett's Comments. I'm Dr. Otis Corbett and I invite you to come along with me as I share biblical exposition and commentary. I truly believe that God's Word is one of our greatest helps as we live for Him in the world today. And so like the psalmist, let us agree to hide His Word in our hearts that we may not sin against Him. Hello, I'm Otis Corbett. And today I want to share a word about Jesus as the master of his father's business as I comment on Luke 2, verses 21 through 52. Let's begin by reading Luke 2, 21 through 24, which reads, And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Elvis Presley was not only the king of rock and roll, but he was also a person with a flamboyant style and a romantic reputation. And this was even reflected in his jewelry. It's been reported that Elvis had a special ring made that testified to his personality. It allegedly had the characters TCB on it with a lightning bolt embossed on top of the letters. Now this supposedly stood for taking care of business in a flash. Now, there's other business that supersedes that kind. It is God's business, Jesus' Father's business. And as we begin our review of the ministry of Jesus, we come to the time when several people, including Jesus, are going about His Father's business. First, as we just read, Jesus' parents were about his father's business. Now, being a parent is a tremendous responsibility, and it's the most important job for which there is no formal training or government certification. Because parents are totally responsible for the well-being of their children. While others can help, the parents are the ones that are responsible. If parents don't do their job well, then tremendous damage is done. Tremendous damage is incurred on the child. Only if parents are about his father's business can they truly succeed. In this passage, and in others, we see that the parents of Jesus were about his father's business. In that, led by the Spirit, they named him Jesus. In that, they presented Jesus to the Lord. In that, they followed God's command by circumcising him. In that, they worship God. And in that, they brought Jesus with them to worship God. Parents today also need to be about his father's business. We too need to be led by the Spirit in making decisions about our children. We too must realize as we present our children to, the, to God that he has made us stewards of them and we raise them for God. Parents don't own children, nor does the state or the nation own children. But God owns our children, and He's entrusted them to, uh, them to us, and we need to obey God's commands as we raise them. 
to include exercising discernment about the kind of things that we allow into uh, our children's view, TV shows, movies, books, social media, disciplining them and raising them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, loving them and caring for them and not unnecessarily provoking them, bringing them to church and not just dropping them off on the way to some other activity, teaching them not to be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Yes, his parents were about his father's business, but so were Simeon and Anna. Simeon and Anna were also about his father's business. Let's continue by reading verses 25 through 38 of Luke chapter 2. These verses tell us, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the law, then he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at these things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the falling and rising uh, again of many in Israel. And for a sign which shall be spoken against, yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, and she lived with an husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and eighty-four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers day and night. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord, and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Real saints are few and far between. Now, Christians are saints in that we are set apart for the purpose of God. We are God's messengers to the world. But few of us, however, would say that we are saints because we're just too frail and too human to be saintly. This reminds me of the church leader who once sold me a life insurance policy and then the company went bankrupt a year later. Yeah, that was good. Saintly people do exist, however. They love God intently, and they seek His face in prayer constantly. These people are blessed with a special closeness with Him. And when these people talk, we need to listen. Simeon was one of those people. He knew who Jesus was. He took Jesus into his arms, and he blessed him. And he prophesied that Jesus would stir up passions within humanity. He knew that he had seen the promised Messiah, and he knew that he could now die in peace. Anna was also one of those people, because she too was totally dedicated to God. She also knew who Jesus was, and she freely told all who would listen that Jesus was the promised Messiah. We need more of these kinds of people. We need more who would be 
prayer warriors. We need more who would be worship warriors. We need more with that special discernment that these two had. We need more who would surrender their will totally to God. Would to God that all his children could be like Simeon and Anna and also Mary and Joseph. Finally, we see that Jesus was about his father's business. Let's read Luke 2, 39-52, which reports, And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee, to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the, chi the child Jesus tarried behind them in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey. And they sought him amongst their kinfolks and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. As we see here, Jesus was about his father's business. And he was about his father's business all the way through his life, from his childhood, through his adolescence, and into his adulthood. In fact, this continued all the way through his life until the cross and beyond. Many times people take time off from church or time off from God. But as the life of Jesus showed, there is no time of our lives that God does not claim ownership over. Jesus was also master of his father's business in wisdom. God is the source of all wisdom. And in fact, one definition of wisdom is seeing life from God's point of view. This wisdom was and is founded on the knowledge of God's Word, and in the case of Jesus, it was made alive by His personal knowledge of God, because He was God. So for Jesus, it was natural to be about His Father's business. He was the master of His Father's business. It was what He was born for. It was His highest and best calling. And from His perspective, what else could He be doing? For us, it should also become second nature to be about his father's business. It was what we were born again for, and it is also our highest and best calling. And from his perspective, what should we be doing? 
Well, in conclusion, we need to be about his father's business, and we need to be about his father's business in a number of ways. In our working life, in our parenting life, in our devotional life, in our intellectual life, in our practical everyday life, in every season of our lives. Are you about his father's business on a regular basis? How about today? How about this week? Thanks for listening. I'll be back soon to comment on more scripture that we can consider together to help us in our everyday lives. Every blessing. I'm Dr. Otis Corbett.